This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. They were there, and one of the ones who was there it will be my next guest. We're just waiting for him to get to the phone. But I'm going to be talking with Congressman Mike Waltz, who represents North Central Florida. He is a lieutenant in the, uh, actually a colonel in the National Guard and a combat-decorated Green Beret. He worked in the White House. He worked in the Pentagon as policy advisors. He owned his own small business. He's written a book, and he's a proud dad. So he was the first... Green Beret to be elected to Congress. And he's a local boy born in Boynton, but raised in Jacksonville. We'll forgive him for leaving the Tri-County area. I'm sure it was uh, an important reason. But when he calls, we're going to take that call right away because I have some serious questions for any member of Congress who will talk to me. And that is, we now find that a covert overseas police station that was run by the Chinese regime in my hometown of New York has been shuttered following a reported raid by the FBI. They have confirmed that the police station linked to Fuzhou has closed. And I want to know a little bit more about that. Not only that, but uh, threats now uh, against whether or not the Speaker of the House should travel to Taiwan. Taiwan is our ally. I, you know, the only time I ever gave Nancy Pelosi any credit was when she went to ta Taiwan. Um, but there's just so many questions I have for the congressman. I know you've all seen the reports of this uh, spy balloon, and that's, a, that's tops on my mind. Is the congressman? All right. Um, Representative Michael Waltz, the only Green Beret, or the first Green Beret to get to Congress. How are you, sir? <laughs> Uh, I, I'm good. Um, you know, it, it, Joyce, it's just one thing after another in terms of, of weakness from this White House. And, yeah. um, you know, my quest, question at the top of my mind is, uh, is how long have the Chinese been doing this? Uh, yeah. We're told that uh, they've been, they have uh, deployed these balloons over Hawaii and Guam. Why wasn't something done about it then? Right, uh, and I think at the end of the day, the Beijing thinks uh, they can get away with it with this White House, and and they are. Apparently, uh, so, they are. Yeah. You know, hopefully, this is a bit of a Sputnik moment. Mm. Uh, you know, you and I and and Brian Mast and others have been ringing the alarm bells that we are under assault right. from Chinese espionage in our universities, in our labs, in our um, in our technical conferences, in our business. <laughs> businesses through cyber but i think this you know visible show of how they are massively spying on us i hope will be a wake-up call for the country yeah and to have a police station in new york city i mean that happens to be my hometown not that i would ever go back there to live 
But to know that they had a police station linked to the CCP's United Front Work Department, that's the interest. Yep. That's the uh, ones that spread all the propaganda, right? No, that's right. And, yeah. and, you know, my point will continue to be where are the consequences? Mm. You know, where are the consequences for violating our sovereignty, having police stations, hunting down dissidents? May, many of them are American citizens harassing them, surveilling them, and reportedly, uh, in some cases, actually kidnapping and sending them back to China to face, uh, the you know, their brutal justice system. Uh, so where are the consequences for that? Where are the consequences for violating our airspace? Uh, where are the consequences for insulting us uh, on American soil, as they did, as, as Secretary Blinken put up with in Anchorage? Uh, and the, the answer is there aren't any, because right. this administration is obsessed with climate, uh, and they keep sitting all of those other things aside on the hopes that the world's largest emitter, China, will change its behavior. Now, you and I know, at the end of the day, all they're going to do is, is all China is going to do is use that as leverage to keep getting more concessions and to keep getting us to ignore this aggressive behavior. Yeah. Well, apparently today, Anthony Blinken, that uh, poor excuse for a secretary of state, decided to postpone his trip. But it takes literally a spy balloon over Montana for him to rethink um, what kind of uh, journey he's going to make and to where. I, I, I mean, it's just so outrageous. And then to listen to all of this nonsense where we finally have Hunter Biden, uh, his attorneys have basically admitted that is his laptop. And now they're accusing, you know, everybody under the sun of colluding to bring down Joe Biden. Last time I checked, Joe Biden is still president. <laughs> yeah, you know, you have to love uh, the fact that they're asking government officials to go after people for in their words violating his person uh you know his privacy and his personal information but then they come back and say but that wasn't an admission it was on his laptop <laughs> i mean it's just it just defies common sense and that has been a theme from this administration you know every american saw that the withdrawal from afghanistan was a debacle yet the commander-in-chief stands before the world and says it was success. Everybody knew inflation was going to be a problem without a control government spending, yet they try to convince us it's, a tra it's um, transitory, right? And, you know, I mean, just enough of the lies, enough of the deception. Shoot us straight. American people are smarter than you give them credit for. And you're right. Now it takes a, you know, a, a balloon rolling over our nuclear sites, our ICBM fields in uh, Montana, for him to cancel a trip. Yeah, uh, uh, the whole thing is just disturbing. Now, I saw today or yesterday that you had joined forces with my least favorite con congressperson, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Um, so you, you, you have to understand that when I saw the headline, I went like, no, don't tell me he's gone over to the dark side. But it's actually a bill um, that I, a, a piece of legislation that I would support. So why don't you tell the listeners what I'm talking about? Yeah, well, uh, I, I take your point, but as you know, at the end of the day, uh, we do have a two-party system. I wish we were all Republican. Yeah, and we do have to work with them to some extent to uh, to actually get things passed. What right now is a Democrat-run Senate uh, and signed into law. It's called the Boulevard Act, and essentially, Joyce, it you know any any company that's still profiting 
off of the uh, misery of the Venezuelan people and still doing business with the Maduro dictatorship, mm-hmm. gee, you can't do business with the Defense Department. Uh, you can't have your, your, your cake and eat it, too, if you're going to sell out uh, the Venezuelan people like that. So that's what the, the bill would do. It would ban any company still doing business with Maduro uh, from also taking our tax dollars through the Pentagon. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that, uh, that, that the Maduro regime has been allowed to, uh, you know, just do whatever it wants and America has never stood up to the to Maduro. Never stood up to Chavez before that. And uh, you know, I just don't right. get it. This is these are countries where the people had thriving democ- thriving economies, thriving democracies, yep. lots of oil, and now they're in complete ruins. Well, that's right. And so, what are the effects to kind of everyday Americans? Number one. Because they're in complete ruin, they're not exporting oil, which is helping with the driving up of, of uh, oil and gas prices, because a lot of that came to the United States. Uh, and number two, China and Russia are now in there in a huge way, uh, right in our, and Iran for that matter, right uh, in our backyard. And, you know, again, back to having, you know, the reason I like to get a Democrat on board is it sends a message over to the Biden White House, who's trying to buy up everybody's oil but ours, mm. uh, that, hey, the Democrats aren't unified in that in that policy. You know, here's one uh, that believes, as I do, that we, we need to shut Maduro down. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting that not one single Democrat voted to oust Representative Omar from the Foreign Affairs Committee. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket science, but you do have to be a really uh, just sold-out hack for your party to think that that anti-Semitic woman should be sitting on the on one of the most prestigious committees in Congress, and then to watch the uh, meltdown of the squad yesterday. Were you there for that with Ayanna Presley and then no. uh, uh, whatever her <laughs> I've name is? I've got better things to do. Uh, oh my! To do, Joyce, it. Well, watch it on video. It is priceless, especially Rashida Tlaib, who bursts into hysterical crying. I mean. You know, AOC ranting and raving. How do you how do you even have a conversation with any of those women? Uh, you know, send them off to Hollywood. That's probably <laughs> where where they would they would be better served and with people who think like they do. But look, at the end of the day, it's not it, it was not just the anti-Semitic, although that is awful enough. Uh, it was comparing the United States to Hamas and the Taliban. Yeah. Uh, and last I checked, we do not. Of course, we have a, a checkered past, and we should all learn about that and understand that. But we do not today have a government, uh, as the Taliban is doing, that are beheading people, that are hunting down uh, uh, people as we speak, that are not allowing women to go to school past sixth grade, much less even leave the house, uh, and on and on with their atrocities. Uh, you know, to compare us and Israel to that. And then be sitting as a member, and this is what people need to understand, as a member of the Foreign Affairs Committee, world leaders, including our adversaries, are watching everything you say. Mm-hmm. They use it in their propaganda, and in this case, they use her words in their propaganda uh, and and see that as an opening and as a wedge to use against us. And that's, that is just unacceptable. Yeah. You know, the other vote that the Democrats took to was 86 of them uh, voted against a resolution condemning socialism. Uh, and you and I know more people have died under communism and socialism than any other form of government yeah. around the world. We have 86 Democrats 
refuse to just say socialism is bad. So that yeah, just well, shows you where they are. That It surprises me that it was only 86. How about that? Because <laughs> I think they have already sold out the farm. One last question. I know you have a hard out, but let me ask you. Uh, I mean, Zelensky, I know he's a very like favorite character for Congress and that you guys bend over backwards to uh, you know laud his efforts, but do we really want to get into uh, these kinds of confrontations with Russia? I, I'm just confused as to, yes, you can have tanks, yeah. which won't get there for six months, so it's really not going to help, and no, you can't have fighter jets. Like, What is our message to, to, the, to the world about this? Well, here's how I look at it, um, Joyce. I watch closely what Putin has said and is saying, and he is very clear and open about his goal to reconstitute the old Soviet Union. Uh, and if he is allowed to do that, Ukraine was step one. If he slices through Ukraine and he's successful there, he will move on to Moldova, the Baltic states, portions of Poland, uh, and and all of which are NATO countries. And that will drag us in. And we are then treaty obligated. So in my view, if the Ukrainians are willing to do the fighting and dying, and all they're asking for is the beans and bullets, uh, I see that as an investment. Let's pay up front so we're not paying with American troops uh, on on the back end. That said, there needs to be much better oversight. There has not been. Nice. Uh, the Europeans have to do way more, and I have repeatedly called out the Germans in particular for their foot dragging and getting us into this mess in the first place for the, with their uh, move away from nuclear towards their own Green New Deal and making themselves dependent on Russian uh, uh, Russian gas, and we have to watch very closely our own stocks and our own uh, national security. So those things uh, I am absolutely uh, on top of, and that we are going to put in place, uh, we are working to put in place not only a current uh, audit of what's been provided, but a special inspector general uh, that will be focused on keeping an eye on, on all of this yeah. uh, going forward. Yeah, because these oligarchs are getting rich and flying around in jets, as always was the case in the Ukraine. But thank you for uh, saying that you're going to keep an eye on it, and thank you for coming on the show today. And um, just stay well. I'll talk to you real soon. Thank you, Joyce. Appreciate it. All right. Congressman Michael West, uh, Waltz, great. I can't even talk anymore. I'm tired. I'm tired. It's Friday. Give me a break. Let me take a break. Don't forget to download our app, the 850 WFTL app. And go to the website, 850WFTL. You can join our contest. We have Duncan Theater tickets. We have uh, Melting Pot gifts cards. These are all good things for the, you know, Valentine's Day gifts. And even family four-packs to the 38th annual Anti-Arty Graz. Not Anti-Arty Graz Fine Arts Festival. Right much? Apparently not. I'll be right back. Oh, my gosh. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. You know, sometimes I read these stories and I just cringe because we're being led by a bunch of lunatoons. Uh, You know, I I mentioned to the congressman, I don't know how many of you got to see, I put it up on the uh, website, but this disgusting display by these uh, so-called squad members, right? You know, first you had AOC, not that I'm not used to AOC just acting completely, you know, juvenile, like a teenager stomping her feet and carrying on, Uh, that went up. Then you had this Ayanna Presley maybe just the most bizarre member of Congress with her, you know, just, she's very tall. She has the bald head and she's angry. They were always angry, these women. And she's standing there reading the riot act about how, how important it is to have somebody on the foreign affairs committee that's black and a woman. Like, you know, I'll never forget when they announced that uh, Sonia Sotomayor was going to be the nominee for the uh, Supreme Court, a lifetime appointment. And somebody asked me or called me to do an interview because they knew that I had Puerto Rican heritage. And so she was not only gonna be a Latin woman, which apparently was really important to this newspaper reporter, but a Puerto Rican at that. And the reporter asked me, I I can't even remember what paper they were with or what website, it was a long time ago. Uh, asked me if it wasn't a proud moment for me because a fellow uh, Puerto Rican female was going to be elevated to the highest court in the land. And I said, if she were not, you know, the crazy liberal that she is, I might be, you know, impressed and, 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 I don't know, congratulatory, although how do I get to wear it? I'm not her, you know. every Puerto Rican woman out there doesn't get to claim my history. I don't get to claim theirs. Doesn't get to claim my, my prestige or my anything. So I I kept saying, no, I I want the best qualified Supreme court justice. And the person said to me, so you wouldn't mind if it was another white male. And I said, of course not. As long as the best jurist, as long as it was someone who was going to interpret the constitution and do it with, uh, you know, uh, no implicit bias. I mean, everybody has a little bias, but as long as it was someone who was willing to put aside the bias and render decisions based on a strict interpretation of the Constitution, I don't care what color skin they have, and I truly don't care what their genitals are like. You know, so much for women have achieved so much. Apparently, not quite that much. So much for Hispanics and blacks are part of the, uh, you know, the elite uh, class now and no longer just uh, marginalized and ghettoized, I guess, we, you know, we're supposed to still live in that fantasy world of of uh, of the media. The media is grotesque, though, I got to tell you, you know, reports coming out today about what's going on at this CNN morning show. Now, I don't watch it. I, I, I really probably should reserve any opinion, but I just literally loathe um, Don Lemon. You know, I just think he is the poorest excuse 
for a uh, broadcaster or a news person. I mean, he's, a, he's an opinion maker on the left, and I'm sure that uh, the left loves him. You know, he certainly checks a bunch of boxes there, doesn't he? He's uh, uh, gay, he's black, he's this, he's that. What he is is a prima donna, and he always has been a prima donna. And he's another one of these guys who cries and guys who wears outfits that, like, you know, just really aren't very traditional while they're doing very traditional kinds of jobs. You know, I can't imagine seeing, like, Brit Hume or Brett Bear wearing a, a white T-shirt and a sports jacket and saying, like, if you don't like it, lump it. I, I mean, come on. You know, they always have a suit and tie on. And even if they didn't, they always hold themselves with some sort of dignity so that I can take the news they're giving me with some seriousness. But, you know, Don Lemon never did that. But apparently the off-camera tensions have now spilled into public view. There was a report in the New York Post that I read that the cast and crew of this new morning show are rattled. Now, I don't know what rattled means to them, but I know what it means to me. If there's rattling going on in a radio station, it means nobody is able to do their job right, okay? And that's a serious problem, especially in a morning show that was supposed to, you know, hit the airwaves and and do something phenomenal. Well, apparently Don Lemon doesn't like Caitlin Collins, who's one of the co-anchors. Not that I could tell you who she is. I don't know. But there was a, uh, uh, a problem where Don Lemon was allegedly screaming at Caitlin Collins off camera during an ugly incident in December that has left the cast and crew rattled ever since. According to two sources with knowledge of the situation, the 56-year-old Lemon approached the 30-year-old Collins following the show's Thursday, December 8th broadcast and unloaded on her in front of the staffers as he accused her of interrupting him on the air. CNN issued a statement saying the Post account is wildly overblown and two months old. Don, Caitlin, and Poppy were friends before they were co-anchors and they remain friends now. Does anybody believe that? Because that sounds so much like Don Lemon to me. That's exactly how Don Lemon behaves. He's a prima donna. I told you that. He was a prima donna on his night show where he was all by himself, but God forbid a guest should ever interject an opinion when he wasn't asking for it or talk over him. He would literally on the air melt down. So do I believe that that happened on December 8th? Absolutely. Uh, you could probably take that to the bank. So what does it mean long-term? I have no idea. You know, that he'll be teaching at Harvard like Brian Stetler. I, I, I just, you can't make this stuff up. I've lost all respect for members of the news media for the most part. And, and you know, now you got Hunter Biden going after, uh, you know, Tucker Carlson. Uh, you know, <laughs> There's nothing that Tucker Carlson has ever said on his show that isn't being said 100 times a day somewhere on talk radio. Nothing. And we've been doing it a lot longer, you know, on talk radio. Taking, pushing the envelope, telling the story the way we see the story, not the way, we're not news reporters on talk radio. And Tucker Carlson's not a news reporter in spite of what he may fancy himself to be. He's an opinion person. I don't think he thinks for a minute that he's supposed to be unbiased. His opinions are why people tune into his show. It's also probably why he's one of the top shows on, uh, you know, cable news. But the idea that, you know, the president is going to go after 
you know, uh, Tucker Carlson or Fox News because they reported accurately on all of the stuff about his uh, laptop. And now they're going, oh, well, uh, some of those things were added. How do you add pictures of uh, of uh, Hunter Biden in a hotel room with hookers and crack? I, I, I don't think you can Photoshop that very easily. And I think it would be easy to figure out it was Photoshop. The FBI had that laptop. So uh, um, the first thing they would have said was, oh, no, somebody Photoshopped pictures on there. No, they didn't say that. Didn't say anything except like, we're not sure we're uh, going to talk about something else. Yeah, Donald Trump. Let's talk about Donald Trump. Yeah. Bad man. Orange man. Get rid of them. <sighs> they're just boring. And they're liars. And as my husband and I always say, if there's one thing I hate, is a liar. Anyway, let me take a quick break. I'll be right back. Lots more to talk about. Uh, it's just, you know, every time you turn around, it, it's just worse. It's just worse you know um there a lot of stuff that you hate to to feel good about someone else's misfortune right you know it's a i i don't i'm not one of these people who thinks it's okay to go on the air and bash someone who has just passed i i generally wait 24 hours <laughs> that's probably not long enough but it's the best i can do and there's only been a few times when I didn't do that. No, actually, there's never been a time where I didn't wait 24 hours. There have been a few times when I knew I should have waited a week, but I didn't. Um, like John McCain, I didn't wait a week. And I didn't wait a week for uh, Peter Jennings, you know. And I didn't. And there's just some times when I do the best I can. But forget just people passing away. Sometimes people have really, really bad luck. Um, and I try not to be happy about it. But when I look at the new statistics that came out this week from, uh, you know, ratings and see that Chris Wallace, you know, first he got ripped off when he was supposed to be on CNN Plus and that imploded. So then he got a show on CNN and HBO Max. I think HBO Max, I'm not sure, but it's one of those... Uh, special destations. Here's the stats on his show. The show's called Who's Talking to Chris Wallace? Well, apparently, it doesn't matter who's talking to Chris Wallace, who's listening to Chris Wallace, and the answer is they only got 38,000 people in the key demographic when it aired on Sunday. It averages 365,000 viewers and about 48,000 of them in the 25 to 54 demo which is the demo that you want. Those are people who buy things. So your advertisers, uh, you know, get, get a bang for their buck. Now compare that to Fox's, uh, Fox News's Fox and Friends Sunday show that had one and a half million viewers or even better. Compare it to Mark Levin's program, which airs on Sunday night opposite like football. And he had 1.12 1.129 million viewers. So apparently, those of us who watch some, and, and that's the only show I watch is, well, I, I watch Tucker Carlson. The only other show I watch is Life, Liberty, and Levin once a week, right? And apparently, none of us missed uh, Chris Wallace when he was uh, left uh, Fox. Like, none of us. The premiere of his new show was a bomb, 
It only had 400,000 viewers at that time slot. This is a good time slot, you know? And, um, and, and after that, it's gotten worse. L let me show you just how bad it is. Trey Gowdy has more than three times the viewers on his Sunday show and and like almost 100,000 in the key demo. And let's all admit it. I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to say it. Trey Gowdy's show is not that easy to watch. You know, I, I, look, Trey Gowdy, he, I thought he was a good congressman. I thought he was a, a, a very good advocate for things I believe in, but, you know, his, uh, his show... Uh, things aren't looking too good for CNN either. The network notched its lowest ratings in nine years across its prime time for the week of January 16th through 22nd. On top of that, the CNN This Morning show with Don Lemon just had its worst week since it started. Well, then it's no surprise that Chris Wallace's show's a flop. He's not focusing on hard-hitting issues. Instead, he's pushing all this useless dreck like sucking up to Nancy Pelosi and chatting about a Frozen song with Idina Menzel. I mean, come on. You know, that Mike Wallace would have never done that. You know, the, this apple fell even further from the tree than, than my apples did. So he shows in the gutter. No one misses him at Fox. And he probably now realizes his golden ticket to CNN was actually a one-way ticket to oblivion. Oops, sorry. You just can't, you just can't. Uh, let, let me say this to Chris Wallace and to all of these uh, jokers. Um, get woke, go broke. That's all. You know, it's not that conservatives are so brilliant or anything else, but at least um, we we to deliver something that engages the people we're uh, you know we're we're talking to or acting in front of. Not so much with uh, your Looney Tune leftist. That, like I said, the most enjoyable for me when it comes to Chris Wallace is finding out how bad his show is doing. That's that's terrible. I, I apologize, but I, I'm just. Telling you the truth, you know, watching those squad members, uh, you know, melt down on the floor of Congress yesterday, ignoring Elise Stefanik, who was, uh, you know, at the um, podium when she said, "The gentlewoman from uh, Time Has Run Out." I'm not, I'm not done. You're not going to shut me up. Oh my God, really? Um, the, and, and you know, they have predecessors that are just as bad and are still around. Like, why is Maxine Waters? still there could somebody answer that question for me and why is she so rich and sitting on all kinds of financial committees just asking you know she had this whole thing with chip roy the other day i put it up on our website a few days ago where they were going round and round and round it says we can go round. she said these i'm going to quote her we can go around and around in circles about trying to talk about and defining socialism but at its core I was intrigued by an op-ed that I saw not too long ago by a Democrat from Cuba. This was Chip Roy talking. Uh, an avowed socialist and essentially pointing out to the extent to which democratic socialism is a lot like the system my family fled. That's the truth, Chip Roy said. And then Maxine Waters, and then they had a vote. You know, Maxine Waters said out loud, I am not a socialist. I am a capitalist.
And then they had a vote, which Congressman Michael Waltz just uh, apprised me of. They had a vote, and she was one of the congresspersons who said that uh, she wouldn't vote against socialism. What? And it was made, the, the, the resolution, I think it was uh, Congress Resolution 9, the point of the re resolution was to bring attention to the failure of socialism that has brought famine and human rights abuses. And Salazar, who represents a section of Miami, is also using the resolution to force Democrats to vote on a bill opposing socialism. But Maxine couldn't bring herself to vote against socialism. You can't make this stuff up. She's the, she's the uh, grand old dam of the squad when you get right down to it. Just listening to those women yesterday, after all this time saying to, to uh, you know, all of us, we want to be treated equally. And then saying like, wait a minute, why are you treating us equally? We deserve to be treated better. You know, uh, Ilhan Omar, in spite of the things that she said, in spite of the fact that she has absolutely no business sitting on a foreign affairs committee, she belongs there because she is, uh, she's, a, she's a woman and she's black and she or brown or whatever she is and she's a Muslim. Oh my God, Rashida Tlaib almost had a, you know, a, a fit. You're trying to silence Muslim women. There would be nothing that would make me happier than if we could actually silence Rashida Talib from these hysterical displays because the world is watching, okay? And the world looks at that, that, that grotesque display yesterday by AOC and Ayanna Presley and, and, and Rashida Talib, and they laugh. You know, let me tell you something too, uh, uh, Rashida. Muslim men laugh at you. They laugh because they don't believe women like you belong in positions of power. And they're starting to make me think they may uh, have something there. Women like you, however, women like me, we don't have to, uh, you know, bang the chairs and throw a, t you know, a tizzy fit in front of the House of Representatives to make a point. And be careful what you ask for, all right? Because it was the Democrats who threw Marjorie Taylor Greene off a committee and threw Paul Gosar off a committee, and now when it comes back to bite them in the rear end, it's all like, well, it's revenge and it's petty. And it's, no, it's not revenge. Actually, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar did not pose any threat to America's national security or anything else for that matter. You were just, you just don't like them and you didn't like their politics. So you had them thrown off committees. On the other hand, uh, Ilhan Omar and Eric Swalwell and Adam Schiff really are dangerous to national security. And therefore, removing them from committees and placing them on other committees where they cannot do so much harm should they decide they want to do harm makes perfect sense. You know, uh, Adam Schiff is in some serious jeopardy right now. They filed an ethics complaint against him, a nonprofit ethics organization, claiming that he has used government resources to promote his 2024 Senate bid. That's right, he released a campaign video featuring video footage of him during former President Donald Trump's first impeachment trial in 2019 in which he was the lead prosecutor. So the complaint alleges that his use of the video footage violates federal law and the House ethics rules. Thank you, FACT, the Foundation for Accountability and Civic Trust. They sent a letter to the Office of Congressional Ethics requesting an investigation. 
course, Schiff's campaign pushed back, saying the video footage came from the Senate floor rather than the House, and that does not violate any ethics rules. Huh? You're trying to run for the Senate. Poor Pencil Nick. I mean, he's just... Uh, He's going to have his hands full with Matt Gates. I can tell you that. All right. Don't forget, coming up at 1 o'clock is Dan Bongino. At 4 o'clock is Ben Shapiro. And then the WPTV News will round out this Friday. And then it's the weekend. Hallelujah. Have some fun. I'm going to see uh, uh, a show, uh, a, a tribute to Carol King. Not that I agree with her politics, but you can't knock her music. Anyway, I hope you are planning something fun for the weekend. I'll be back to finish this last uh, installment of the Joyce Kaufman Show in just a moment. So there's a, another really interesting story. And, um, I, I, you know, I'm so nervous about all of these social media platforms and our children. I really am. Uh, I don't see this ending well. And, and I think parents are becoming very conscious of that. Uh, right now, there's a group of parents, I think they're called Forever 20. I saw them protesting. And what they're doing is they've finally gotten the FBI to investigate Snapchat. And, you know, I don't, I don't even know what Snapchat really is. You know, I have enough trouble trying to figure out Instagram and, and Facebook and all that other stuff. I don't really don't participate in any of it. I do look at my grandchildren's pictures on Instagram. And that's pretty much it, you know. Um, but this Snapchat is apparently being blamed for a lot of kids, especially during the years of the pandemic, logging on to it, and then buying counterfeit drugs that they got through Snap, not through Instagram, not through TikTok, but through Snapchat. And this isn't an internet problem then. It's a social media problem. It's a Snapchat problem. And there are 50 families now that are suing Snapchat over drug overdose deaths that kill their teenage kids. And the FBI was already investigating Snapchat over concerns that drug dealers are using the app to target kids. The families who filed this suit yesterday say the dealers used Snapchat to communicate with their kids to sell fake prescription drugs, uh, which you can only imagine are all laced with uh, whatever garbage, fentanyl and and uh, these other, I, I can't even name all the new ones, but there's a whole slew of new ones. And, and that, uh, you know, these parents are saying this app helped lead to the death of their kids. There was a report on ABC News that said Snapchat was implicated in 75% of overdose deaths among teens 13 to 18. I, I, you know, that's mind boggling to me. Three out of four kids who overdosed between the ages of 13 and 18 got the drugs on, from dealers they met on Snapchat? And I'll tell you why they use this particular app. Because the messages disappear after they're sent. So there's no evidence of the deals going down. And the police say it's really hard to track any illegal activity because Teens often use an emoji or a, a symbol code to disguise their drug deals. For example, an electrical outlet emoji is code for a hookup to a drug dealer. 
a pill, there's a parking sign, a banana, or a blue circle emoji, all mean Percocet or Oxycodone. The FBI and the Justice Department announced at the end of last month that they are investigating Snapchat over concerns about the drug trade on the platform with a particular focus on dealers who target kids. Congress is also looking into the issue. So this mother, Amy Neville, her 14-year-old son, Alex, with Snapchat, Alex's normal circle of friends expanded farther and began intersecting with abnormal circles. He died from a fentanyl-laced pill she said to uh, Congress, she was delivering Congress uh, testimony in Congress last month, it was on Snapchat that Alex was able to visit with dealers and other users. It was on Snapchat that he set up a deal to get pills. It was on Snapchat that he made plans to have the dealer drive up to our house so Alex could sneak out over a couple of minutes one night and get anything he wanted. Snapchat has publicly addressed the issue in 2021, at which time the company said it had become more aggressive in trying to shut down drug dealers' accounts and had added measures to make it harder for users to find the Snapchat account of minors. I'm still trying to figure out how did they find the minors on Snapchat? Like, do you have a profile, I guess, and you put your age on it? What on earth? They're so, they're so insidious. They're so evil. These dealers, right? That they they actually are seeking out the uninitiated, the naive thirteen or fourteen year old to sell them drugs that will kill them. I mean, if that's not evil, what is? If that shouldn't be prosecuted to the full extent of the law, for making it possible then what would be? And where are the parents? I've been saying this for the last 30 years. Where are the parents? Why? And look, I understand that kids have access to a lot more information and superhighways and, and apps than I ever dreamed possible. But back in the day, you know, kids had television. And television filled their minds with all kinds of stuff and gave them all kinds of ideas and all kinds of opportunities, you know, to dial an 800 number and hear us, you know, some, some sexy female talk. And I just didn't let my kids watch TV. How about that? Pretty draconian, right? But somehow, instead of hours devoted to that, they had to read. And as a direct result of all that reading that they had to do, they went on to, you know, I know, I know. I probably shouldn't even say prestigious schools like Columbia and Harvard and Yale because they may be prestigious, but they're garbage dumps. Um, but nonetheless, that's why they were able to get into those schools is because they knew how to read and they knew how to process information and they weren't into this, you know, mindless garbage television hour after hour and now mindless garbage internet sites. I mean, I can't even imagine if I get caught caught up in these doom scrolling days and if I get caught up and click on this picture and they'll tell you, uh, you know, what Lisa Marie Presley's last words were and then before I know it, I'm down some rabbit hole where I'm looking at every person who ever lived in their last words, please. I mean, every celebrity that ever had a, you know, a drug problem, it'll all come at you and, and kids get caught up in that. 
you know, I can turn it, I can turn away from it. Not always. Mind you, they, they, the algorithms have figured out, you know, what kind of stuff will hook me to, but they do it to our children. Not just like our teenagers, not just young people, but children, a 13 or 14 year old kid on an app who's, you know, literally uh, being bothered by a drug dealer who offers to come to their house and deliver drugs. I mean, the audacity, the gall, and then the kid dies. Man, I, I hope the ring camera got the license plate number. That's all I'm going to say. And that that drug dealer is prosecuted to the full extent of the law for Alex's death. Anyway, that was uh, really not uplifting at the end of the program, was it? But it was uh, was on my mind. So I thank you for your time this time until next time. And my plan is to be back here on Monday at noon, if it be his will and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And hopefully I won't be this nasal on Monday. God bless you and God bless the United States of America. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.